your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 717 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that was, without a doubt, the absolute worst loss that the New York Rangers have had since Locked On New York Rangers became a thing. And as I just mentioned, this is episode number 717 here, so that covers a lot of ground. Uh, you know, this Ranger team, they, they lose 4-3 to three to the Oilers. Just an absolute train wreck of a third period. Rangers up 3 to nothing going into the third period. They weren't perfect in the first two periods, but for the most part, they played well. I thought other than maybe just the first couple of minutes of the second period, uh, clearly the Rangers had the better of play. There was no indication to suggest that this was going to be anything other than a solid Ranger win and an important two points. And instead, it turns into, like I said, just a complete catastrophe. And the most troubling thing about this to me is that this Ranger team, they just keep finding ways to top themselves as far as what is the worst loss of the year. But you know what, guys? This is it. I mean, they, they've had some rough ones this season. We're only at the quarter point of the season. This is the undisputed, absolute grand champion of terrible New York Ranger losses this season, and that's really saying something. Uh, they're, they've really piled up quickly. Uh, I talked about a while back how... You know, we, we used to do this thing at the end of the season where we do the top 10 New York Ranger wins. We'll do that this season. And we also did the top five worst Ranger losses. And, I mean, the contenders for uh, worst loss, it's an absolute battle royale. But this was the absolute worst. I, I got to give some honorable mentions. You know, you had that third period abomination against the Sharks earlier this season. Rangers were up 2-1 to one going into that third period. Just forgot how to play hockey for 20 minutes, end up losing that one in overtime. And honestly, the Rangers have not been right since they lost that game to the Sharks. And maybe maybe even if they won that game, they'd still be in the same place that they are now. But it felt like something just kind of, I don't know, like a light switch was flipped and not in a good way uh, after that loss to the Sharks. It's just kind of been a tone setter for everything that's basically happened since then. Uh, you had a 3-1 lead at home against the Islanders going into the third period. The Rangers blew that game. Uh, just an embarrassing loss there, 4-3. Uh, just a horrendous... Uh, five to one loss to the Blue Jackets. That's in contention. All these games at home, by the way. Two goal lead at home against Detroit in the second period. You end up losing that game in overtime. Like, what the hell is going on with this team? This is just so far removed from everything that we saw from New York Ranger hockey last season. And honestly, I'm getting tired of comparing this team to last season, but it's somewhat unavoidable because it's just night and day. It's a stark contrast. And, you know, again, the, the, amount of contenders for worst loss of the season is just staggering. And something that I said a little bit earlier in the season, you know, that the Rangers had had a rough loss or two and just didn't really look like themselves. And you're thinking it's just a funk. They'll get out of it. At the time, I kind of just made like a kind of a whatever comment that, oh man, you know, the Rangers, they've had, they maybe have had more bad losses this year than they have all of last year. And at the time, I think it was a little bit of an exaggeration because it was still pretty early in the season. It's no joke now. It's 100% a fact. We're a quarter of the way through the season. The Rangers have far more bad losses, losses that you just can't even believe happened uh, than they did all of last season. And that includes the playoffs. 
You want to throw in a couple of those games against Pittsburgh. That includes the playoffs. More bad losses this season by a mile than they had all of last season. And again, I'm sorry to keep comparing this year to last year. We're a long way removed to what from what the Rangers did in the playoffs last year, or so it would seem. Um, but I, I feel like some of these comparisons are just unavoidable because it is it is startling to, to see the difference between uh, last year and this year. And, you know, the thing that really sucks about I mean, there's about a million things that suck about this, but the thing that really sucks about this is, you know, I was excited. I, I was The Rangers were playing well, like I said, for the first two periods. I was going to come on here, talk about how, you know, the Rangers had a great start to this game, you know, scored a couple of goals early, could have scored even more early. You know, the Panarin goal was uh, rightfully waved off due to the offside, uh, they were playing with some urgency. I thought the Rangers did an excellent job against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for two periods. And honestly, that's maybe the only thing they did right in the third period. I know that McDavid and Dreisaitl ended up scoring a goal late, but that was on the power play. They held them in check for 58 minutes. I was going to talk about that and give them props for that. I was going to give Igor Shesterkin props for playing well. He was very good through the first two periods. And look, Igor Shesterkin is far from the biggest reason why the Rangers lost this game. I'm not even sure he's in the top five. But let's be real here. Igor Shesterkin, I would say at least the second and third goals that the Oilers scored in the third period were at least somewhat preventable, and he was not able to do it. Again, I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Uh, the Rangers had a lot bigger problems than him in this game. But I was also going to come on here, talk about how, you know, we're seeing a little bit of an uptick as far as secondary scoring is concerned. You had Julian Gauthier scoring another goal and, and kind of a blue-collar goal uh, to boot. You had Alexi Lafreniere scoring a goal, breaking a very lengthy drought for him. Uh, two assists for Ryan Lingren. Uh, Ryan Carpenter with an assist. Blay with an assist. And Blay could have had two assists, but another goal was disallowed. That was the one by Braden Schneider. Blay, I thought, played the best game that he's probably ever played as a member of the New York Rangers, certainly this season. And all that stuff becomes a complete afterthought. It goes to the back burner because the Rangers top themselves again. They top themselves again in terms of what how bad it can get as far as what is the worst loss of the season. And, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, previous episodes, wasn't too long ago, I made a comment. I, I think it might have been after the 4-3 to loss of the Islander game that I just alluded to, the one where the Rangers could not hold a 3-1 to lead in the third period. But I made a comment, you know, somewhere around that time uh, that, you know, this is no longer at a point where it's just, one or two bad losses, or there's a game where the Rangers, you know, man, that's really out of character. They really let that game get away from them in the third period. They were not ready to go in the third period. Uh, this is becoming a trend. It's it's not a funk anymore. It's not a couple of bad bounces or bad luck. I don't want to hear anything about that. Uh, it's nothing like that at a certain point, and I, I really hope we're not there yet, but we are at the quarter point of the season. Plenty of games to go, about 60, 62 games, whatever it is left, but at what point do these things stop becoming like, you know, the, the exception and they start becoming the norm and it stops becoming a situation where, oh, they had some bad luck or oh, that was kind of fluky what happened to them in this game and it just becomes who they are. And like I said, I really hope we're not at that point yet. I don't think we are. I, certainly, I'm not going to like give up on the season or anything like that. But uh, again, the amount of bad losses that this team has, it, it's nothing short of staggering. And at a certain point, you know, the Rangers or any team that plays like this over, you know, a 20-game stretch to start the season, it's not a fluke. And you just start to become the team that, you know, is half asleep at the start of periods. You start to become the team that plays down to the competition. You become the team that is constantly letting non-scorers and non-scoring threats score against you. The Oilers tied this game without McDavid or Dreisaitl doing anything. It was Bouchard, 
who you know, when, I, when I looked up his numbers, I realized, you know, he is he can do a little bit more offensively than I originally anticipated. But for the most part, I mean, this guy is not like Adam Fox or Kale McCarr out there. You know, he's just kind of a run-of-the-mill uh, defenseman. He's a good defenseman. I, I don't want to slight him or anything like that. But you end up giving up two goals to a defenseman for his first two goals of the season. We're 20 games into the season. The Rangers allow this defenseman to score his first two goals. And then they allow the Rangers specialty, somebody making his NHL debut, they allow uh, that player to score as well. And you start to become the team that's giving up goals left and right to stay-at-home defensemen and fourth-liners. And you start to become the team that does not respond well to losses. They stay down after getting knocked down. You start to become the team that takes terrible penalties in the worst possible situations. And don't worry, we're going to get to that. Um... You become the team that starts making mental mistakes left and right. You become the team that decides it's time to coast. Hey, we're up by two goals. We're up by three goals. We don't have to work hard for the rest of this game. We've seen that way too many times from the Rangers this season as well. That's something that we never saw from this team last season. It's it's incredible. And ultimately, you start to become the team that finds ways to lose. And I talked about that not too long ago as well, the Rangers finding ways to lose games. We just had that game against the Ducks where, you know, the goal expectancy the Rangers had like 5.52 expected goals. The Ducks had like 2.77. It's somewhere around there. That might not be exact, but they lose that game. And they lose this game too, despite a 3 to nothing uh, lead heading into the third period. And all those things that I just mentioned, you know, the Rangers, like I said, I thought they played pretty well in the first two periods. So to kind of hit their quota and do all these things in one game, they had to pack a whole bunch of bad hockey into just one single 20-minute period. Uh, the slow start to the third period, the bad penalty against Ke'Andre Miller, uh, sloppy play in the defensive zone, over-reliance on your goaltender, a terrible line change that leads to the uh, game-tying goal, a terrible penalty by Lafreniere, uh, giving up two goals again to a defenseman who had zero coming into this game, and uh, the game-tying goal to a player who uh, got his first NHL goal. So, man, we are just getting warmed up here. I, I haven't even talked about, like, Kravtsov not being in the lineup. I think this is, like, the fifth or sixth games that he was a healthy scratch. He was an unhealthy scratch. You know, he was injured and hasn't gotten back into the lineup since. Uh, I certainly want to talk about that. I want to talk about the penalties. I want to talk uh, a little bit about uh, the injury to Ryan Lindgren and why. I'm not even sure I'm exaggerating anymore, guys. Ryan Lindgren might be the most valuable player on the Rangers. Does this comeback happen if he's on the ice? Maybe, maybe not, but I at least like the Rangers' chances a little bit better of maybe holding it down. But like I said, we're going to get to all that in just a second. But first, gotta let everybody know, today's episode of Lockdown New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use FastProtect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm. Unlock for a guest access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so do not wait. That is simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There is no safe like Simply Safe. 
All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we're going to keep everything rolling here. Uh, again, you know, something that was kind of a big talking point coming into this game, I think a lot of us, you know, it, it kind of slips your mind. Because I can't be the only Ranger fan that when that game ended, like, I was, I was mad, but I wanted to be more surprised than I was. Because, again, if this happened last season, yeah, I'm shocked that the Rangers lose a game like this. And I don't care who they're playing. Oilers, Devils, uh, Sharks, I don't care who they're playing. If the Rangers lost to anybody like this, taking a three-goal lead in the third period, uh, I would be an absolute shock that they did so. But, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And I'm just sitting there on the couch. And, I again, I want to be more surprised by this third period collapse than I am. But it's not as shocking as it should be. Um, but the one thing that I'm talking about here, again, it was big at the start of the game and a big talking point you know, on social media and everything. And uh, among you know everybody that covers the Rangers, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, once again, not in the lineup. Again, I don't have this written down in my notes. I believe it's either his fifth or sixth game as a healthy scratch since returning from an injury. Look, I'm not the biggest Kravtsov fan. I don't like how he conducted himself uh, when he bailed on the Hartford Wolfpack twice. But this kid is a former top 10 pick. Sooner or later, you got to find out what you have. You got to see if this guy can, uh, you know, show you some signs that he's going to become a productive NHL player. And even if you don't think that he's going to be a long-term New York Ranger, then you at least have to put him on the ice so that you know for sure. And so that he can potentially establish at least a little bit of trade value because you know, I do think the end game here, Vitaly Krausov is not going to be a Ranger for life, okay? I, I think I can pretty safely say that at this point. Vitaly Krausov, 15 years from now, is not going to be a member of the New York Rangers. Um, but even with that being the case, you have to let him play to establish at least a little bit of, of trade value, even if he doesn't produce. I mean, at least he's playing. Because if you're Chris Jury and you try to trade Vitaly Krausov right now, and you talk to, you know, one of these teams that's uh, looking for a buy-low opportunity, maybe not really contending this season. How are you going to even have the slightest amount of leverage? Like, yeah, you can talk about how he was the number nine overall pick until the cows come home, but that doesn't really matter when he's a healthy scratch night in and night out in favor of guys like Ryan Carpenter or, uh, you know, Sammy Blay or... Jimmy Vesey. Vesey's played decently well for the Rangers, but again, he was in here on a PTO, and at this point, just a journeyman player. Uh, Julian Gauthier, same deal. I mean, he's played decently well for the Rangers, but this is somebody you place on waivers, and now Kravtsov can't even get in the lineup over him. Even guys like Ryan Reeves and Dryden Hunt maybe would have been options uh, to be in there instead of Kravtsov if they were still here. So you get the idea. Uh, it, it's just getting to the point where I, I think it's a little bit ludicrous that uh, Kravtsov is not playing. And look, have I been thrilled with what Krasov has done on the ice this season? No, I haven't. Have I been thrilled with what, what he's done away from the ice in previous seasons? You know, basically just bailing on the entire New York Ranger franchise? No, but it makes no sense to not get him into the lineup, even if the end game here is a trade of Krasov, because right now you've got no leg to stand on if you're Chris Drury. You try to trade him. If I'm the other GM, I'm saying, okay, well, this kid's so great. Why can't he get into a game over somebody like Ryan Carpenter, you know? It just, I, I don't know what is going to end up happening here, but uh, clearly uh, Kravtsov doesn't seem to be in the Rangers' plan short-term or long-term, and if they try to trade him right now, uh, good luck getting a whole lot of anything. I mean, they'll get something. You know, you could probably get like a 
fourth rounder. I mean, Reeves just went for a fifth rounder, so you can probably get at least a fourth rounder, maybe a third rounder for Kravtsov. But I think his trade value can go back up, even even if it's just a case of him playing and not being a healthy scratch every single game. But I've said my piece on that. Want to uh, turn our attention right back to the game here and talk a little bit about uh, this just wonderful third period that the Rangers played in this game. So, I mean, the penalties. We can start with the penalties. You've got Keandre Miller, you know, just two and a half minutes into the third period. He hooks Warren Fogle behind the Ranger net. You know, that noted offensive juggernaut, Warren Fogle. I mean, he's, you know, th- this guy comes into the, this game here with five points in 20 games. He's practically Connor McDavid. I mean, I, I can't even blame somebody for taking a penalty to try to slow down uh, the immortal Warren Fogle. But that's what Miller does. He goes to the penalty box. And of course, the Oilers technically did not score on the power play, but they scored right after it expired. There was no time for Miller to jump back into the play or anything like that. So yeah, technically not a power play goal, but for all intents and purposes, uh, it pretty much was a power play goal. And then Alexi Lafreniere, you know, he scores in this game and, you know, you hope that it leads to a big game for the kid line. And I thought the kid line played better than anybody else in the third period. And again, that is saying the bar. Very, very low. But I thought they at least had their legs and looked like they were uh, still out there competing. But Alexi Lafreniere, you know, despite having a good start to the third period with the kid line, despite scoring a tap-in goal earlier in the game set up by Adam Fox and also set up by Lafreniere himself because he won a board battle to get the puck loose. But he takes just a god-awful penalty here in the offensive zone. You're down to about 220 left in the game. And he's involved in a board battle in the corner there. And he pulls the helmet off of his opponent pretty blatantly. And that results in a penalty on Lafreniere. And if you didn't have just a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, and you didn't feel like the game-winning goal was coming for the Edmonton Oilers after this penalty was taken, then you have not watched much Ranger hockey this season. Because the second this happened, very ominous feel in the air. I mean, this third period was so bad. And I can't even believe I'm saying this. But... By the time that the Oilers came back and tied the game at 3-3, three to three, and it really didn't take them that long. It took them less than half of the third period to get this game tied. But, you know, the clock continues to tick away, and it's still tied. It's still tied. We're down to seven minutes. We're down to five minutes. We're down to three minutes. There's part of me that's honestly thinking, like, man, I just hope this game goes into overtime. Because at least at that point, you know you've got a point, which, again, it's just so ridiculous that you're up by three goals going into the third and the fact that the game goes into overtime and, oh, hey, we got a point, that that would be good news. But by the time it went 3-3, three to three, that's how I was feeling about it. And, of course, you know, three-on-three three, overtime hockey, it's anybody's game. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot, and maybe the Rangers uh, can find a way to pull this out and, uh, you know, prevent what would be and what ultimately became the worst uh, loss of the season for this team. But, I mean, the goals they gave up, you know, just just sloppy play and, and not taking care of the puck and too many guys reaching for the puck instead of taking the body. Uh, you had the game-tying goal. My God, the game-tying goal. So, Truba's got the puck in the Rangers' zone. And, you know, the Rangers are going for a line change. And I think Truba was a little bit hesitant here because, you know, there's obviously a lot of bodies jumping off the ice, jumping on the ice, and uh, who's in the play and who's leaving the play. And you don't want to take a too-many-men penalty. But he played it kind of softly into the neutral zone and almost ended up being a too-many-men penalty against the Rangers. And it, it's picked up by uh, who, who was the guy who uh, who scored his his goal here, uh, his first goal of his career. Uh, I have it. Just bear with me for a second. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, Holloway. Dylan Holloway ends up scoring his first goal here because he basically intercepts Truva's pass in the neutral zone, skates into the zone, and uh, scores off the near post and into the net. 
Not a completely unpreventable goal by Igor Shesterkin either. Although, again, the way the Rangers play in this third period, I'm certainly not going to uh, blame Igor first and foremost. But it was a solvable shot. We've seen Igor make uh, more difficult saves than that. But the other thing about this play that was so ridiculous is that the Rangers basically turned it into a power play for the Oilers because, you know, they have that sloppy line change. And apparently nobody knows who's supposed to jump onto the ice. And the fifth man, I don't even know who it ended up being, but the fifth man jumping onto the ice uh, was did so very late and just wasn't even involved in the play. So a uh, guy's just completely out to lunch or, or, you know, I don't know if that's on the players. I don't know if that's on the coaches. I would imagine it's a combination of both. But we've seen that happen a couple of times lately, too, with the Rangers. With sloppy line changes, too many men penalties. It's not good, man. I mean, these are mental lapses, and they're the kind of things that just cannot happen. They're the kind of things that cost you hockey games. And in a situation where the Rangers took a 3-0 lead into this period, and the Oilers have cut it to 3-2 relatively quickly, where's the wake-up call? You, you would think everybody on the bench at that point would think, okay, we need to be freaking sharp here. We need to have our minds in this game. We need to have our heads right. We need to be ready to go. And in the middle of a play here, nobody knows who's supposed to jump onto the ice. Incredible. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's my job to come up with something to say about that, but that's just, it, it's bad. And it's just, it's too reminiscent of other things that have happened with the Rangers this season when it comes to mental mistakes and mental lapses. And there was one here at just a horrible time, and it leads to the game-time goal uh, for the Oilers. We're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. going to talk, uh, talk briefly about the two goals that the Rangers had disallowed. Also going to uh, give some props to Julian Gauthier, who, you know, again, I wanted that to be one of the leads today. You know, Gauthier's goal, and maybe Gauthier's still kind of figuring it out. Also got to talk about the injury to Ryan Lindgren and uh, probably going to wrap up today by, uh, you know, challenging the Rangers to uh, get their heads out of their you-know-whats here because this this is just getting ridiculous with the amount of bad losses that this team has had so far this season. So, like I said, we're going to do all that stuff in just a second here. But first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league. From football to basketball to hockey to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we're continuing trying to make some sense out of this game here. And uh, one of the things that I want to mention here were the two disallowed goals. And let me just preface this entire section by saying I am not using this as an excuse for the Rangers. Uh, I'm just pointing out the fact that they turned out to be pretty big plays in this game because when you look at the two goals that were disallowed, if both of those stood, uh, it would have been 5 nothing Rangers. And I mean, hopefully they would have been able to hang on to that lead. But I mean, who knows? You know, the Oilers had obviously already scored four goals in the third period, they had enough time to score a fifth. So maybe the Rangers wouldn't have held onto that lead. But uh, they had the two goals disallowed. And there was another one where it was ruled no goal on the ice. And it stayed as no goal after the refs took a look at it. But you know what? I can't even get that upset about this. I mean, it's bad luck, obviously. But at the same time, it's not. Because the referees, by the layer of the law, got all three of these calls right. The first one would have made it two to nothing. A goal by Panarin would have snapped his scoring drought. Um, but that obviously didn't happen because uh, Panarin, he never took the puck over the blue line all the way, and so the play was was offside because of that. 
Uh, he was kind of stick handling at the blue line. The puck never completely crossed the blue line into the attacking zone. It stayed on the blue line, and then it never went back into the neutral zone either. But because it never went into the attacking zone, the Rangers technically never gave the never, never gained the zone. Excuse me. Um, so by the time Panarin finally brought the puck across the line, you know there was a guy up the right side that was offside by about five feet or possibly even more. So uh, unfortunate there. Um, the second goal or the second you know review or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so Panarin tried to score on the short side, and a nice save, sliding save by Campbell there kept the puck out. They took a look at it, but clearly that puck never went in. And then you had a goal by Braden Schneider. Uh, they called Carpenter for goalie interference, and by the letter of the law, it's the right call. And I, I hate you know interference calls like this. I feel like at this point you're not even allowed to breathe on the goalie. If you breathe on the goalie, they're going to get you for goalie interference. Uh, you know Carpenter's skate made contact with Campbell's skate. But if you watch the replay, you know, Campbell's right leg was going out. Uh, Carpenter's left leg was going out just a little bit. But it almost looked like Campbell was the one that initiated the con the contact there, more so than Carpenter. But by the letter of the law, this technically is goalie interference, uh, I believe. You know, again, good luck trying to figure out all these rules to a T. But, uh, yeah, so that was disallowed. And, again, I, I don't like the rule. I don't like the fact that there was a game last year. Henrik Lundqvist night, I think it was Strom, scored what looked to be the game-tying goal, and it was disallowed because, like, they pushed the goalie's pads or something like that, and it does get kind of frustrating. But by the letter of the law, uh, the correct call here. I also want to talk about—we got to talk about at least one positive thing. Julian Gauthier with his fourth goal of the season. Uh, so there's a two-on-one for the Rangers. This is right after they had made it two to nothing. You got Sammy Blay up the left side. Slows down with the puck a little bit, gets the defenseman to go down to his stomach, uh, holds it until the last second, passes to his right to Julian Gauthier. Gauthier is unable to put it home, and there's a wild scramble in front of the uh, the net. And Carpenter was able to get his stick on it. Gauthier finds it, flicks it into the twine. 3-0 Rangers late in the second period. And uh, nice to see the fourth line contribute there. Again, like, it's so frustrating. You can probably tell by the look on my face, anybody watching this on YouTube, I was ready to you know, give some praise to the Rangers for getting some secondary scoring, and now it's like, does it even matter? I mean, it's nice. It's, it's nice to see Gauthier score a goal here. It's nice to see Carpenter get a rare assist. It's nice to see Sammy Blay get a rare assist, but it's all just an afterthought because of this collapse of a third period that the Rangers had. So really unfortunate there. I will say, Sammy Blay, I mentioned this in the intro. I thought this was his best game as a Ranger. Uh, he He's always going to hit. We know that. Um, but he made a really nice pass here to kind of get the ball rolling, and he ends up with the secondary assist on this play. And he also, on Braden Schneider's goal that was disallowed, uh, the one for interference, uh, Blay on that play, you know, passed off the boards to himself up the left side, swooped around behind the net, and then passed a Schneider, and Schneider, you know, blasted at home for what would have been his third straight game with a goal. Unfortunately, once again, it was disallowed. But the silverest of silver linings is that, Gautier scored a goal, and I thought Sammy Blade probably played, once again, the best game that he's ever played as a member of the New York Rangers. The other thing that I want to talk about here, the injury to Ryan Lindgren. I really hope he's okay, because apparently the Rangers cannot function when Ryan Lindgren is not on the ice. Again, I've used this as an example before, but the game against the Penguins last year, the two games against the Penguins in the playoffs last year uh, in Pittsburgh, they were clueless. Could not do anything. Ryan Lingren is the heart and soul of this team. And, of course, he leaves this game with an injury. And, I mean, the Rangers had already kind of started their collapse, but uh, the damage really broke after Lingren had to, to leave this game. So, I mean, I'm at that point. I'm not even kidding. Like, every time this guy is out of the lineup, the team completely falls apart. Tell me Ryan Lingren is not the most valuable player on this Ranger team right now. 
the case can definitely be made. And especially, it can definitely be made, especially when you consider the fact that, you know, that super stacked top line that the Rangers went with in this game, Panarin and Kreider and Mika, apparently those three just decided to take the third period off because I didn't notice them a single time. They had like one good scoring chance after the Oilers had come back and tied it at three to three. But I'm getting tired of, uh, you know, again, just, just the, these, these meltdowns, these lapses, whatever you want to call it. Something else I got to mention here while I'm on the subject. The Ranger power play coming into this game was down to being ranked just 15th in the league. And that, to me, is just completely unacceptable. When you see all the weapons that this team has on the power play, you see, uh, you know, you got Mika Zibanejad out there for one-timers. You got Panarin. Uh, you know, we know he's a magician with the puck when he's right. Uh, Kreider's your net front presence. Trochuk's done a nice job as the bumper. Uh, Adam Fox, you know, quarterback in the power play. How this team is only a league-wide average on the power play, especially when you consider that all those guys are out there for the entire power play, is completely beyond me. They're on a heck of a slump right now. Uh, they went over three on the power play here today. You know what? If you're Gerard Gallant, you want to send a little bit of a message to this team, once again, to pick it up and get going. I want to see—we're uh, not going to see this. We're not going to see this. But what I want to see in the next game is I want to see the first power play chance that the Rangers get. I want to see the second unit out there. And I want to see them get about a minute and 30 on the power play. We can't do that once. We can't do that once the entire season. I mean, think about it. Between this year and last year—and last year, of course, the Rangers had an excellent power play— and this year, you know, I got to believe it'll eventually round into form, but we can't do that a single time. We can't let the second power play unit start a single man advantage the entire season. I don't think it's happened once this year. I don't, I mean, it probably happened at least once at some point last season. Maybe there was a situation where, you know, Panarin and Kreider were out there and Mika was out there and they were all gas and they went with the second power play unit. But no, I want that to be the plan going into the game. The first power play that the Rangers get in their next game, give me the kid line. Uh, give me, uh, I mean, I'd like to see Ke'Andre Miller as a defenseman out there, but they seem to want to go with Truba. So fine, go with Truba. Uh, and as far as the fourth forward, they tend to go with Sammy Blay. It's fine. You know what, Blay, like I just said, he had his best game as a Ranger in this game. So that's what I want to see in this next game. Send a message to these guys that they need to pick it up at 5v5 uh, on the power play when the Rangers have a lead in the third period, because something has to change here. Something has to give. You need to send a message. And it doesn't have to be like that the whole game. I'm not saying, you know, don't allow Kreider or Mika or Panarin or any of the guys on the top unit to play on the power play the entire game. But I want a message sent to this game from the coaching staff to these players. And like I said, I thought the kid line played pretty well. I mean, at least relatively speaking, you know, Lafreniere had the goal and, you know, Kako you know, he's good with the possession of the puck and whatnot. I mean, I'm getting tired of saying all that, too, because I want to see these guys start putting the puck in the net. But in the third period, again, the, the only line that was competing for the Rangers at the start of that third period was the kid line. So you know what? Uh, reward them. Give them the first crack on the power play in the next game. And do for them what you constantly do for that top unit. Give them a full minute 30 or even longer on the first power play of the game for the Rangers. Maybe they score. Maybe that sparks the team a little bit. Maybe uh, the top unit gets the message. And here's something else that I, I haven't really seen discussed or talked about that much. When it comes to the lack of power play time for the second unit, that second unit is made up, once again, of the kid line, Truba, and Blay. And the kid line, the three kids, they're the ones that you really want to get going. Well, maybe if they get a little bit of a chance on the power play, and by the way, there's no better time to try this than now when the top unit is really, really shaky and just isn't making anything happen. If they get an opportunity and they score a goal, you know what? Maybe that carries over to 5v5 play. Maybe, okay, we got a goal. We're feeling good about ourselves. Let's go get another one even strength. 
Is it not worth a shot at this point? The Rangers haven't scored a power play goal in any of their most recent four games. And again, if you just go by percentage success on the power play, the Rangers now have a league-wide power play. So what the hell? Just give the kids a chance. I mean, you're going 0 for every game anyway, and a message needs to be sent to the veterans, to the leaders on this team, to the Panarins, to the Criders, to the Mikas. It has to happen, you know? And I I still like these guys. I I had to be harsh here today because this is a horrible loss. Um, But, you know, I do still believe that eventually they will turn it around. They will get it going. But I am ready for a message to be sent to this team and a very, very easy way to do it. Once again, when the next game starts, first power play that the Rangers get, the second unit is out there. And they are out there for almost the entire power play, just like the first unit typically is. And let's see if that can get a goal, get the Rangers rolling a little bit, sparks the kids for 5v5 play, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, just, just, I don't even know what else to say, guys. Just an awful loss for the Rangers, just completely giving it away in the third period. One final thought here. Burn the retro jerseys. I, I am, I am so tired of hearing about the Lady Liberty jerseys and they're so cool and they're this and that. You know what? When the Rangers wore those Lady Liberty jerseys, that was not a good era of Ranger hockey. It wasn't. They, in 1997, they had that run to the Eastern Conference final. That was the first year where they would mix in the Lady Liberty jerseys from time to time. Uh, after that, it was just awful hockey for the Rangers. And if you're too young to remember that, congratulations, because you didn't miss anything. If you watch this Ranger team between like 1998 and like 2004, 2005, somewhere around there. And the retro jerseys, that's when the Rangers would wear them. And it never really seemed to work very well. And just an awful loss wearing the retro jerseys today. And another thought on the retros, it's not even the same jersey. Like, like they're colored a little bit differently this time around. If you're going to do retro jerseys, then do retro jerseys. Don't, like, put a little modern spin on it because then guess what? It's not a retro jersey. I don't know. I'm just – I'm ready to rant about anything right now after that loss. I'm all fired up here. But, yeah, I figure we can call it there for today, guys. Uh, this was uh, your round of New York Ranger therapy with Locked on New York Rangers. Um, but, once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely give us a subscription on YouTube as well. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.